Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Killer Collab Podcast. As always, my name is Tony Depp from Florida, Tony D. I'm always joined with Chris Leto from Reaper Films. How are you doing? Chris, it's so hot and early and I need more coffee. I need I need something to do, like get me through the day. I don't know about you. No, I'm good. It's just hot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is warm. It's what, 95 degrees today? Yeah. Ridiculous. And today we have a very special guest, Jill Gavargazian. Is that French? Gavargazian. It's Assyrian, actually. Oh, wow. Assyrian? Yes. Interesting. Interesting. Thank you for joining us this morning on Killer Collab Podcast. Thank you for having me. No problem. We appreciate you. So I met Jill. I, I used to run a film festival, um, actually two of them, the Innovative Film Festival and the Florida Horror Film Festival. And Jill had submitted The Stylist. It was a short uh, a short film into our festival and um, loved it. Like, it was so good. And then, um, you know, I talked to her a little bit. I started talking to John Pata. Um, and uh, it was cool back you – know, I don't do the film festival anymore, but um, just simply because we don't have a venue that will take yeah. us. Um, you know, we like doing it in a movie theater and stuff. And uh, – so I lo- what I liked about it was it introduced me to the indie scene in the whole country, actually the whole world. I mean, we used to get movies from all over the place. And, uh, you know, Jill's movie stuck out. Um, it was really, it was a neat movie. Um, and she's a hairstylist. And it was about a hairstylist. And um, the character was great. The shoot, the, you know, the shots were great. Like everything was awesome in the movie. And then she decided, you know, a few years later to make a feature of the stylist. Hmm. And it's it's hot right now. Like, I've seen it appear on many top ten lists for, the, you know, best horror movies of the year. Oh, fantastic. And uh, yeah. it just popped up everywhere. I think Arrow picked it up, right? So yeah, I'll, it's I'll turn been... it over to you and you can talk. About <laughs> <that>. <laughs> it's been very exciting. Yeah, we, we got picked up by Arrow Video in the U.S., Canada, and U.K., and um, came out on their streaming service in March and then came out wider, like on VOD and Blu-ray this summer, early this summer. So you can check it out all over the place. And um, But, yeah, it started a short film that we released in 2016, which now feels like a bazillion yeah. years oh, yeah. ago. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's been a dream come true, and like I'm still working with Arrow on other stuff, so it's like, I feel like the beginning of a thing and they're like a dream to work with for as a filmmaker because you know, they like they love films they put out old films that never really got their due uh, dropping my mic <laughs> on uh you know like so it's almost like we got this like badass collector's edition right out the gate with our first release so it's nice. just like too exciting <laughs> right now that was like and when you released the stylus wasn't it the number one arrow movie of all time Am I right in saying that? Yeah, on their streaming service, which is kind of newer, started last fall, actually. And um, yeah, after only being up there for a couple of weeks, they told us we were the most streamed film on the whole service. And then wow, to, to brag about some of those top 10 lists, we are on Entertainment Weekly's Best Horror Films of the Year yeah. so far. Yeah, that is awesome. I, I look at we got to stay on the list yeah, until <laughs> the end of the year. Absolutely. Now, do you shoot your own stuff, or are you just directing, writing? Are, are you the are you no, the I DP? I don't shoot. I direct. 
I co-wrote this and then I produced it. Um, I do have a huge love for photography. I did it a lot growing up and um, so I'm very like involved in like planning it out, but I don't actually do it. I feel like I would like to honestly learn more about yeah. it, but the technical side of these new cameras, I don't know what the hell. Half the time I do ask my DP, I'm like, can I operate it on this one every <laughs> once in a while just for fun? Um, but I do really like that process and spend a lot of time with my DPs on yeah, it is a whole new Putting world together. with the new cameras and the new camera system. It's just getting just getting the simple to record on a lot of these cameras is hard, right. and just getting in the right <laughs> format and you know twelve to one, five to one, eight to one. Uh, you got raw, you got log, you have uh, DCI. There's so many different formats that you you know yeah. you have to put it into, especially to make it easy to on the editor side because on the editing side it's yeah. it's just not are you during uh, during the whole editing process do you are you in the room when they edit those movies what your movies or um, or you you just get like um, like segments no i normally get segments um, with some of my well with some of my shorts i've been in there with them or i've put like put together the first like very rough cut to just kind of show what i'm thinking aside from storyboarding cuz those are mine look like total gibberish probably to most other people <laughs> than aren't me. Well, we all have our but, own um, systems. We all have our own systems, how we uh, translate our, yeah. our, our ideals. But we do have, like, I do make sure it's very, we're all very connected very early, especially, like, with the stylist feature, you know, talking to our editor while in pre-production about our plans so that everything's streamlined. And uh, he was already actually cutting together scenes while we were shooting to make sure, especially special effects scenes, to make sure we didn't there's nothing we needed to get with those scenes specifically. So we had like, we're seeing stuff while we were shooting, which was kind of exciting. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, who, who, we were in quarantine through post. We somehow shot like right before this horrible stuff all happened. Oh, we yeah. wrapped like February, 2020. Oh wow. Yeah, and then right before. it was almost like it made, it gave us this full time to focus on the movie. Not that this is a good thing at all, but the quarantine was very productive for us with post-production. It was very weird. And well, when you're editing, process, it ended up you're, working you're, out. you're in a dark yeah. room and by yourself, usually editing, like uh, editing process is so tedious and it's a very, a lonely job, really editing. <laughs> it who, is. Who was your DP? I, post is depressing too. I always say like after production is such a, this intense, Everyone together, it's like summer camp vibes. Oh, yeah. And you're all in love with each other, and then it's over, and you're really sad. And it's just like a couple of us, you know, working and staring at our computers for five months after that, or, who was your or almost a year. <laughs> who was your DP on the movie? Because the movie looks amazing. Like, it looks so good. Thank you. It's um, Robert Stern. Uh, he shot the short film as well. Oh. He's based out of Chicago, works all over the place, but we you know, first met on actually John Pata's film. We brought him up earlier. Pity, a, a short film he made in 2014. And so I met like all of John's crew, which included Robert and then Sarah Sharp, the production designer who did stylist. And I almost like stole, I guess, like all of John's film family at the time and <laughs> brought them onto the stylist. And then we then like compounded the Kansas city crew with them and then made the feature with like this, gigantic crew. I don't know how we did it because we did not have a gigantic budget. Right. Well, a lot of times you get together with passionate people about the passion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's how we get most of our projects done. It's like 
you know, if you're not all in it passionately, like it's it's just not even a good process. When when you see people that are not passionate about the project, you can tell, as you can tell in yeah. the, the final outcome. And when you have people that are it, it, in depth with the with the material, it's so ma- it's like magical. Like like you, everyone's on the same page, same wavelength. Same thought process, say they know exactly where they need to go, and that's why this industry is so fantastic. Because when you get that group of people, like it's, it's a, it's a great crew. I believe that so much that, like, honestly, just drive and passion can make things happen that seem like absolutely impossible. Yep. And I think that's just what's standing between people doing things and not doing things. It's just like being determined and be like, I'm going to do this, like, no matter how outrageous it sounds. Oh yeah, yeah. We, we like in our we made, industry. We made two features during COVID. Yeah, yeah, we <laughs> like did. From July. That's amazing. From July last year to December, we made two feature home. Yeah. We made one in ninety days, like from idea to Blu-ray in our hand with ninety days. Yeah. So we had like three grand, and then. Yeah, yeah. And then we did another one in December. What movie was that? Said that. We did that in December. Yeah. Oh, we shot that. In <laughs> It all blends together. Yeah. <laughs> this whole last year, like this whole last year, felt like it was like know, three was years. <laughs> like it was ridiculous. But it was nice doing it during COVID because everybody was available. <laughs> yeah, everyone just wanted to get out of the house. Yeah, let's do something. Let's do something. Let's do something. You didn't have any scheduling issues because everybody <laughs> was free. So it was nice. Oh yeah, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Now your whole writing process, like where do you uh, get your motivation? Where do you, you know, get your storytelling? How do you tell your stories? That's a great question because <laughs> I'm struggling with that lately or just like not so the the story but the mo- but like the making the time to to make it happen. I'm like when when I actually have to like carve out real time. I keep thinking this is just going to happen at some point and I have so many other things to do and yeah. you know running the stylus press promotion and then we're still playing festivals and then it's like you really have to carve out real time is what I'm realizing to myself. I'm like, you can't just keep saying you're going to do it with the random hours you have free every day. Um, you have to schedule it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. It's so freaking hard to like, yeah, make the time. It seems, um, I feel like I'm not, it's hard for me to even call myself a writer because I work with other writers that work so fast and there's so much work. I'm more passionate about the directing and producing and making it happen once it's ready. Yeah. It's really hard Writing is not easy for me at all. I don't know if it's easy for anybody, but it looks a lot easier for other people. Yeah, I think it's easier for um, some than others. I, I can only write when I'm in the mood. Like whenever I pops out the mind, I have to I get it on paper or it's gone. Like like if, if it's if I don't like I can't schedule my writing time because I have to get my ideas. But if I have an idea, I have to write it down right there, or else I'll forget it. Like it's just not like I have to be motivated, or something has to like give me a muse to write that at yeah. that point in time where I just can't. It's just not. It's like taking a test and you don't know the answers to the test. She's like, uh... <laughs> yeah, you have to. That's part of my problem. It's like this catch twenty two of I have this like I feel like a sense of OCD of wanting to know exactly what it is before I write any of it down. But I feel like you have to start to write it down to work that out. Yeah. So it's like I'm holding myself back. I'm like, just start writing it, Joe. Like, or, just start doing. Yeah, exactly. Or at least an outline for it, or just like getting yeah. a couple dialogue uh, lines in. Uh, that helps you. But like I said, if, yeah. if, if if it's not like the time to write, it's like it's not. I just can't do it. I can't. You know, put, I I joined that um, master class thing they got where it's just all these directors and writers and I mean they got a yeah. master class for everything. And I think it was like 
I think it was a hundred and some dollars for the whole year, and you get as many, you know, you can watch as many as you want. And I watched Spike Lee's, and he was talking about his writing process, and he writes everything on index cards, everything. Classic, yep. And then he'll take all the mm-hmm. index cards, like he'll just write scenes on index cards, and then he'll put them in order when he's finished. He'll put them all in order of where mm. they're supposed to go. So he could write, yeah. he could write a scene, you know, that he could write scene 22 before he writes scene seven. You know yeah. what I mean? And it really kind of struck me because I'm, I'm a guy that's like, I'll sit in front of the computer and start at page one and go straight. And Tell the story. Linear yep. in order. Mm-hmm. And just uh, listening to him and his process, I was just kind of like, wow, that's actually... He probably just walks around with, yeah. with those cards in his pocket. Like, yeah. like I said, like, if it's something like me, like, like if, I don't, if I think of something, I have to write it down. And I think right. he's... Like, I guess that sounds like it's the same is. way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So you can, yeah, and if you... I feel like I'm the same way. You know, I try to wait and do it literally, <laughs> write it in order, but then I have, like, if you have scenes super clear in your head, you might as well right. get them out, well, even if they're later in the film. I've done that in a way digitally where I just started different files for scenes but I have started that note card thing because I like the idea of also I like physical I like to write stuff down with my hands still not yeah. everything being on a computer and something about being able to rearrange the postcards and see all of it at once and like the structure of the film I think that's helpful but what's weird is I've been trying to do that with a new idea but I'm still writing the note cards in fucking order. <laughs> I need to just write whatever the hell I want and then order them later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes people like the backwards stories. People like the backwards stories. Yeah. Tell a story backwards or inside out, and you know, people like that. You know. but it's like if you know the end of your movie, then you're good. Like you yeah, just have right. to get there. Right, like then the you're so, you're sold. Like well, once I figured out the end of the stylus, I was like, this is it, and I was like so ready to like have it written. Yeah. It's yeah. again knowing your ending for sure, or you're just aimlessly. Yeah, writing. I think the opening scene to grab the audience and the end scene to leave them with something when they leave the theater. Yeah. I think those are the two most important scenes to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The opening and the ending. Um, so once you got yeah. those down, it should be. And then they say better. they say that the middle can be the hardest because of that because you will know those right. so well that it's like writing to get. To and the we end. see that in films. Yeah. So I do that a lot. I'll write to get to the end instead of writing you know, to have substance to the end. It's, yeah. It's really hard. Yeah, I don't know if I can write linear, because uh, like I said, I'll think of scenes, and then I just figure out how to piece those scenes together and to right. tell a story. Um, but editing, I have to do it linear. Yeah, linear. Some people some people do it, like, no in way. pieces. I don't know how they do that. Me either. I got to start with scene one. And yeah, I have to, like, build the storyboard. No like, I have to build the storyboard in editing. Uh, editing process is yeah. so, so tedious and so, like, has to be... It, it, that process is I, I hate editing like I have to hire an editor like it's yeah, if I, I have bigger projects I like it but I like it now I, I kind of like it yeah I don't know I can't do it I can't do it oh. so what um <laughs> what are your so what made you turn the short into the feature it was it was something I always wanted to do with the concept even before we made the short I thought of it as a full length <laughs> film but I I had only made one short film at the time. In fact, I might not have even finished my first one at the time because I have like this first note about it and the date on it really confuses me because it's so, it's like from 2013. Mm. Um, but I just knew I needed more experience and it seemed like a concept that would work in both forms but not feel like right. a stretch even though that critique exists <laughs> for some people. <laughs> but um, 
the idea was I wanted, I always wanted to tell the end from my perspective. It's kind of like the downfall of this character's um, serial killing career, so to speak. And I wanted it always to be the end of her, her journey. And um, so the short was just kind of like a little peek at what she does, her, her thing. And then I always knew the feature we'd be able to really dive into it and be like a character piece more than anything. You can't get to know a character that well, you know, in 10, 12 minutes. Right. Tell us what the movie's about. We haven't even really talked about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's about a hairstylist who scalps people and wears their hair as a way to escape her inner torment that she experiences in a very um, simple way. But it's a, uh, for me, like a, a deeper thing kind of just about anxieties that we all feel told through a very extreme metaphor. Um, but it's a character piece that's kind of, you know, more meant to bring you along the store, along the story with our crazy person and sympathize with her in a way that kind of disturbs you. And <laughs> yeah, I, I have a thing for like anti-hero stories and this, you know, films that are told from the bad person's perspective and, to understand that people he, are layered and that we're not just the one bad thing we've done. You know, she's done more than one bad thing, but I'm just really interested in super complicated yeah. human people. And it's it's a weird it's a weird dynamic when you tell the story that way. I, I made a movie back in God 2013, I think, called Rough Cut, and it was about a guy who gets his, he's a filmmaker and he gets his funding pulled from him from the investors. So he decides to go around and like really kill people and film it to make a movie. And, uh, the movie was about him, like the filmmaker and you find yourself rooting for him, even though he's doing all these horrible things to people, torturing them and just all this craziness, but you're rooting for that person and watching the stylist. I, f I was like rooting for her, even though she's like, killing people like it's just it's a weird dynamic when when you know the person and everybody else in the movie is just kind of a nameless character you know you don't really get to know that person yeah and when they get killed you like really don't care it's just it's really strange uh watching a movie like that and hmm. uh, yeah hmm. i don't so, know but it's her just... uh, her lead actress was was awesome like she's so good. Um, well, that's when you know you have a good actress or a good actor when they can have you root for them at, at certain points, like for killing people. Like that's right. that's, <laughs> that's like yeah, cut his head. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> like it's it's a, 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 as you said, it's a weird dynamic because you're not supposed to root for these people, but if right. an actor was is able to sell that person and make it more personable and you know personify the whole act of it, right. it's. They're, they sold you on their act of violence, pretty much. Because <laughs> in the movie, she's a she's like a nice person. Like she's she's kind of meek and and real nice and pleasant. But then she's obviously got inner demons that are coming out <laughs> when she has someone in her chair. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, with the kind of the victims, the I don't think this is spoilery. The first one is is kind of I feel like the for me, the only one we kind of make you maybe she's not the greatest person, right. but uh, throughout the film, the other people, 
I kind of wanted to create a scenario where you do feel so much for her, Claire, you know, the stylist, but we're not really trying to defend what she does necessarily or be like, yeah, go kill people. But the idea that even I'm really interested in like real people who have done horrible things and the idea that we as society, it's so easy for the, someone just to chalk them up to calling them a monster and throw them in a, in a cage or like, yeah. Put him to death and i think that is scary and morbid that we think that about bad people so it's like i'm interested in that i that thinking and and messing with it and making us challenge that idea like someone who's done something horrible well what what were, what did they go through to get them to that point and, Absolutely. um yeah. not that it justifies what they did but that it's much more complicated than you know the way we present those kind of people like in the media and just people pick it to like put them to death and stuff I'm like that's still a human being behind that, that sure. probably went through some horrific trauma through their whole life right. to get to this, to be able to do something that insane. And that's a huge problem in the country right yeah. now is, I mean, there's a case in Tampa that, um, a man who was, uh, mentally ill and he tried to get help from the state and they ended up Baker acting him, and he was out in like a week. And, you know, he wasn't cured or anything, and he ended up killing somebody. And now he just got, uh, he just went on trial and was, um, the verdict was he was insane. He got an insanity plea. And now they're putting him in an institution to get help. I'm like, well, why didn't they put him in an institution when he was asking for it? Yeah. You know I mean, like the guy knew yeah. he had problems and needed help. And the state just kind of was like, yeah, whatever, and just tossed him aside. Well, and now three people, you know, uh, two kids lost their dad because. Well, mental health is a very serious issue in our country right now. We we feel that, you know, we, we don't really treat it really like we 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 are reactive to it. Like right. if anything happens, yeah. we're reactive to it. We're not preventative. Right. That that's just mm -hmm. the, the way society is here because. That's just we, we just need more emphasis on mental health. And I think we can avoid a whole lot if we, you know, prioritize mental health. If that was number one, you know, a lot of this. But then again, would we would we be making movies like this <laughs> if, you know, if mental health was, you know, priority? Like, you know, like I know like Sweden, they prioritize mental health. They they try to make sure that, you know, all their citizens are taken care of in every way possible. But here. Not so much. Like I said, we're very reactive to, you know, our society. Like, look at global warming. We're reactive to it. We're reacting to it. Like, we're trying to, after the fact, we're trying to fix everything. So it's, yeah, mental health is, is a very serious issue and that we should take seriously and prioritize it to, to avoid, um, you know, very big problems that do occur. Right. Look at the shootings that happen. I agree with that. I think that it's something to do with, the shame that's around it and not even just mental health as a whole, but specific things within mental health that it's like, we can never get to addressing the issues because it's so we can't even get close enough to it. And like you say, yeah. so we just react to it instead of yeah. figuring out how to get ahead of it. Well, it's perceived as a weakness in people like, Oh, you're, you're seeking, you're seeking help. Oh, there's something there, you know, they avoid you and they, they think that you're less of a person because you're 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 seeing somebody or seeing a psychiatrist or they, they think you're less of a person because of it. And that's you know, we got to get rid of get out of that stigma 
where it's not a negative thing. Oh, this person's trying to better themselves. He's trying to fix himself. He's trying to improve themselves. Like they need to, you know, so they chose to see somebody to make it a better situation for them and the people around them. And that, I think that's what we need to promote more is the mental health and, you know, getting the word out and, you know, anyone having problems, we need to get it worked out and checked out. So, so um, back to the film, is, is Arrow the only, like, are you going to have that on other platforms or like you trying to get um, other streaming sites? Or? We, that's all to be determined. Um, we're hoping to get it yeah, on some more streaming channels probably next year. We are, we can be rented, you know, on Amazon and Apple TV and all those places that things are rentable or buyable digitally. Um, but we're at right now, as far as, yes, yeah, streaming channel, just arrows. And there's lots of new arrow things coming this fall, though, so you guys should all sign up. That's all I can hint at. <laughs> <laughs> but the film will be coming out. It's exciting. It'll still be coming out in lots of other countries. Over the next like year or so, we've got lots of deals set up, and I've got to see lots of cool different covers of the movie, and it's wild and exciting. Yeah, and I can't wait to share all. I've of seen that. some of the covers you posted; they're, they're it's really cool. Like it's uh, I love the I love artwork for movies. Um, I think that's a huge selling point, and um, I don't know the artwork was really neat. Yeah, we got to work with uh, for the Arrow cover. The, like the limited Blu-ray has a piece by Sarah Deck, who's done just so much cool stuff for like everyone from Mondo to Disney. And she really understood the film in just such a cool way. Like I always imagined that for sure the poster would have Claire or the stylist on it. And she interpreted it in this way that was like this deeper level of being Claire. Yeah, and I would have just never ex you know thought of because she's just a, it's just like a mannequin, a faceless mannequin head. But wearing Claire's hair as a scalp versus like the opposite, like Claire wearing someone else's. And I was like, that's such a cool idea and adds to the loneliness of the character. She just, it's so cool when another artist like understands what this feels and means like to me on such a personal level is freaking exciting. We, and the, and Arrow in conjunction with burning, Burning Witches Records just put out our score on vinyl, actually, oh, wow. and used Sarah's art on that, and she did a new piece for the back of it, and it's that's just unreal. I can't believe it. <laughs> I just got a copy of it in the mail, actually. So this is the first time that you've like had your name plastered all over the internet, right? Like, are you <laughs> like you get a rush of yeah. it? Like it's very exciting. Like the score thing is up. unreal. Also for our composer, like I've been working with him. His name is Nick Elert for like six years on like every short film. And I like, we got your score on a freaking record. I'm looking at it across the room. That's why I'm working out. But I'm like, I can't believe it. It's so freaking cool. <laughs> so it must make you feel good to see your name. I mean, your movie popping up on all these top ten. Because I'm a big top ten list person. Like, I'll, I'll look at them all the time just to have, like, oh, I haven't seen that yet. You know, something to watch. And yeah. every one I see, there it is, the style. Bam, bam, bam. Like, <laughs> they're on all of them. It's crazy. It's exciting as hell. But then I do joke that it's nerve-wracking in the middle of the year. I'm like, where will we end up at the end of the year? Let's keep going. <laughs> well, as long as you want to, you know, work it out. Pretty much, if you nonstop market and promote it. It's never ending. You could do it every year. Oh, you can have it going for many years. You know, it could be an instant classic. 
instant yeah. classics. It's a cool movie. Yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely need to definitely need to check it out because um, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of good things. I, I go on a lot of recommendations when I when I watch new movies. He I'll, never listens to me though when I recommend. No, because his his things are very <laughs> are very self-explanatory. Our tastes are a little different. Our tastes are very different. Actually, you probably like the styles because it's a, it's kind of art. Like he likes like artsy stuff and um, it's yeah. got that little artsiness to it. And uh, I think I, I, I like it. the deeper the the deeper cuts. I like the deeper cuts in, of yeah. movies where you know there's more depth to like characters and more yeah more artsy shots, more artsy like storyline and like more subliminal um, you know ideas and ideals put into a character and movies. I, I think those really strike a nerve with me because it just I guess I can connect with it a little bit more because I I always feel like I have a thousand things going on at once and it just Drives me insane. So I just I, I think I, I like to see other people who have that same thing going on and want to add that into their story. Like, oh, there's some little things, but there's a you know this person does this for that reason and that for that reason. Like it's it's very now Chris just like I'm he went Mike simple man. Yeah, he's like I see killer, I stab person. Cool, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah, Chris for you. <laughs> Every month we do a segment where we we do a top ten. Uh, or we do ten well, movies that you probably never heard of, or good movies seen. that you've never heard of, and um, yeah. So he'll pick five, I'll pick five, and then we watch each other's recommendations, and we're and half the time I'm just like, why does he like this? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like maybe you'll both like the stylist though, because it does have the killer thing, but it's what? also like a very slow paced character piece. It's not a yeah. slasher. Um, that's in fact probably a a critique of it because I. Some of the promotions make it look like it's just a straight-up maniac slasher when really oh, it's... it's definitely not that. To me, we approached it like a drama, and that just happens to have a couple kills in it. Um, right. is, is there a good... Is there gore in it? Oh, yeah. Good gore? Yeah, when we when we get to the gore, I'm all about gore. Oh, so there like, you go. There you go. So we satisfy the horror fans with the gore, but, like, really, I love really sad, dramatic films, the so that's what telling. I was trying to do with this movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for the record, I've seen it. I, I got the Arrow um, subscription and watched it, and uh, Tony has not seen it yet. Not yet. Not yet, but, but yeah. soon. I, I don't have an abundance of free time like Chris does. You know, yeah, I, I have a lot of free time. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I work like 90 hours a week, so it's, it feels like I'm never-ending. So. Awful. Yes. I mean, I know it does suck, but I want to retire by the time I'm your age. Yeah. That's all. I want to retire. <laughs> but... I will definitely watch it. That's definitely on my list. I, I, my list is not that big now. I've actually caught up on a good amount of movies. That's pretty good. Do you guys see the new Candyman yet? Yeah, that's, I saw That's actually next on my list. But, Did you see it? Oh, man. You got to see it. Yeah, I saw it. I really liked it. Yeah, it was really good. I've almost, I don't think I want to go see it again. Yeah, I'll probably end up watching it again. I, I, I didn't – when I heard it was coming out, I didn't know it was a sequel. Um, I think that kind of threw a lot of people that uh, – you know, everything's a reboot nowadays, and that they yeah. actually made it into a sequel was really cool. And yeah, I really liked that because it, it didn't feel like a sequel in the in the cheesy meaning of the word. It was like a it was like it's a new legend added to the one that already existed, right. and it was within. And I love that about it. I was like, was that makes sense, like because it would evolve if it was real time, and that much time had passed since the last story. There'd be more legend added to it, and I really like that. Yeah. So it's like the new Halloweens. So it's like new Halloweens, where it's a continuation of the original um, story. Yeah, kinda. I yeah. mean, this was more like it was just a 
you know how Spiral was a yeah. Saw story? Yeah. This was like a Candyman story. Okay. And it referred to, you know, the first movie, um, the legend of it and everything. Yeah. And uh, I, I thought they did a great job with it. I thought, yeah. And it was so beautifully made, like the des- the design of the film. I, I thought it was I really loved it, yeah. I think. I just I wish, like him getting I like it more and more like the more time that's passed since I watched it. Yeah, I felt the same way. Like when I left the theater I was just kinda like it was good. I wasn't like sure about it, but then the more I've been thinking about it, it I'm like, that was actually really good. And I wish did you watch the original before you went and saw it? I've that's one of my favorite horror films of all I time. I haven't I don't think I've seen the original I love Tony Todd. I don't think I've seen it in like twenty years. So I wish I had watched it before I went and saw the new one. Um, I probably watch it every year at least once. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the best horror. Yeah, it's so it is. so good. And I will say the original is like way scarier because, man, oh, yeah. there's scenes within the original that are still scary as yeah. shit no matter how many times I've right. seen it. Well, also think about the time when that movie was actually made, the original. When the original was made, like what was the, what was the horror movies out at that time? Like, what, what, Kenny, original Candyman came out in what, 90? Eighty nine? Uh, yeah, probably about eighty nine. I think might have been in the early nineties, more so. But yeah, I mean, there was no horror movie. It's so there. good. Yeah, that was the time. And to where me, horror kind of fell off. Yeah, you know, and like the, I said, having such a good movie like Candyman, like that at that time during the where that landscape of horror movies where there was it was dead air. Nothing. It was dead right. air of horror movies, and that one just was. Just and Candyman good. reminds me of like. This, the whole story and his backstory is a lot like a classic monster film. Like yeah. he's like a, a Frankenstein type story or it, he, it has that tragedy behind him. So like he's kind of, he's sympathetic in that way and terrifying. Like it's such a great story. Yeah, and it was a great time to come out too, because I mean, it's very racially motivated. Oh yeah. And, um, you know, back in the, when it came out before, um, you know, having a racially motivated movie back then wasn't as powerful as it is nowadays. Like now, you know, everybody is all about it. And to bring that story into light now is like, it's hitting. Like yeah. people are going crazy for it. Yeah. And, I think uh, that's a huge difference also in the fact that it was the old one wasn't, was made by an older white man that probably didn't put as much thought in. I don't want to be too presumptuous, but into like those themes, you know, they're clearly in the film and that's Candyman's backstory is all about connected to his race and racism. Yeah. Um, but it's just so much more, this new one feels a lot more thoughtful in that way. Right. And it's the African-American woman directed it. So that's probably yeah. why. Yeah. Um, I think female, for me, I think female directors are more detailed Absolutely. storytellers than than males are absolutely uh, i don't know why i feel like that i just feel like women as a whole are more detail oriented than yeah. men are I, I think men are just bumbling idiots pretty much um, <laughs> well because well, we're we're you so scattered we're no. so because <laughs> we're, we're so scatterbrained we're like yeah we're our head is all over the place yeah well we're doing one scene and we're thinking about another scene like it's like we're trying to figure out like, and then women just like are so detail oriented where they're so right. focused on what's going on in front of them that it's so like, oh, right. like us, we're like, oh, what's where are we going with the more, next scene? Yeah. The female brain is more, you know, they're able There's to so much more going on. focus on yeah. something and give it all the detail that it needs. Yeah. Um, I know I'm like that and my girlfriend. Oh, yeah, I'm like, like that too. She'll be like, you didn't see that no. leaf on the floor? I'm like, 
what leaf? You know? No. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, well, it's also that that whole meme and uh, on Facebook right now is like, oh, men will be looking for the ketchup next to like something right here, and then we're, we're, we're on a video game. We're like, oh, 300 yards out, we see yeah, a guy, exactly. we see his eye. Like, we're but, selective. <laughs> like, we're very selective. we are very selective. But with movies, yeah, we, we're thinking about this scene going to the next scene. Like, we're we're already like, like we're we're just not. Like as focused on a scene, right. we're like, oh, did he get his line? Okay, great. <laughs> like, the, only, <laughs> the only thing about the movie about Candyman that it was a little slow in part and parts that kind of like irked me a little bit. I guess like the pacing of it was a little off. I mean, I no, like, I he's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the gore was freaking amazing. Yeah, like that's some really cool gore scenes. Well, like I said, Chris needs more action to go on at, yeah. at certain times. He doesn't like the story build up. He doesn't like. Yeah, he just wants to see stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, he's very simple in that mindset, but that's okay. But, that, that's his, that's what he likes. But overall, it was it was really good. I was really happy that it was that good because yeah. I've been excited about a lot of movies and they just sort of fall flat. <laughs> just like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, are, the is Night there House, dude? Did you see the Night House yet? I haven't yet. Oh, I do really want good. to see it. Yeah, it was a really good movie. Is like, there a movie? It was good. scary, dude. Like there were some parts yeah. that I jumped and uh I this is good to hear because i thought it was going to be kind of especially if you were you say candy man was slow i thought that would be much slower than candy oh man. it was slower i mean it was slow i don't i don't really mind a slow burn as long as yeah payoff so i was yeah it's honestly unfair how we talk about films being slow as a critique because that's just a to me a style of storytelling not right. every film should be like that like a you know, a, a Marvel film is just like cut, 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 right, like right, to, right. through the film. Um, but it's become this thing like it's slow. And it's like slow is a good thing, if yeah, you ask I me, for a most of I don't mind slow as long as it's keeping me engaged and yeah. getting to the, you know, the meat of the movie and there's a payoff. Yeah. Um, the yeah. One, the one movie that comes to mind, um, it comes at night. Oh my god! Like that movie was like which one was that? Which one was a crawl and no payoff at the end. (laughs) Yeah, and I I think we've come up with a new word. Like yeah, stuff can be it just like doesn't engage you. It's just like and it was just one of those movies where you're just like waiting for something to happen and it never happens. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god! I left the theater. My girlfriend was like, I'm never coming to the movies ever again. (laughs) (laughs) And that was the last movie she saw at the theater. So oh wow! But I go with my son now. So. Yeah, that's, that's but, good. Uh, it's good family time. Yeah. yeah, but I don't mind slow movies as long as there's a good payoff. <laughs> good payoff. Like Honeymoon. I yeah, like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that yet. I mean... You need to see it. You need to watch our top ten movies you haven't seen before. Yeah, we, I think we have four episodes out. Four or five, yeah. Yeah, four or five. They're, they're really good. They're really good. Um, yeah, I... Speaking of honeymoon, I don't. I didn't really that that whole payoff. I, I don't know. Wait, I have seen honeymoon. I'm thinking of it totally. The couple that go to a cabin and the girl. The yes. Keeps like sneaking. I liked honeymoon. Was a cool movie. You like the ending of that movie? I don't. That was the uh, with the whole. We're allowed to. That's old movie. Spoiler alert. It's like, isn't it like alien yes. type yes. shit happening at the end? Yeah, yeah. like is that Lee Janek? directed that? Uh, oh, I don't remember. I think it's female directed too. Yeah, I like yeah. that movie a lot. I think she directed the Fear Street series too. Oh, did she? Oh, yeah. Those were great. Did yeah, those like were wonderful. Street? Did you like the Fear Street? 
I have only watched the first one. Oh, I liked it. I need to watch the other two. I don't know. Oh, if you like the first one, you'll love the second one. Yeah, the first one was really, really good. Yeah. I'm especially like looking forward to the satanic one. <laughs> the 1666? You didn't like the witch yes. one. I liked witch. I didn't like the 1666 because I don't like period movies. Yeah. I don't like movies you know, oh, set man. in previous periods. I, I, just, I just can't because they're always about the same exact thing. It's just like... I like the old witchy stuff. Yeah. Like, Me too. The witch was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, the witch is fucking incredible. But, but if you like like... Like Friday the Thirteenth and all that, you'll like the second one. You'll you'll really like the second one. Yeah, the second one's more Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. And the third one's more the witchy. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like they all have different themes and different like. Yeah, number ones. one was like Scream. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I love how they I love how they like it was it wasn't Scream obviously but yeah there were elements that you were just like holy shit Scream you know what I mean like just yeah yeah the yeah. parts that they put in the mall at the beginning. Um, yeah, I feel like I they had the exact moments with that kill, like with yeah. the mask coming off and this. When he's running after, and yeah, like oh yeah, they did such a great job with that with that series. Um, I hope they, I hope he, uh, I hope R.L. Stein makes more. Yeah, well, I, I, <laughs> I, I see. I don't know how those movies make money though. How do those? How, how do I don't understand how they're that that distribution on Netflix because it's not. I don't know. Netflix must have just like a gazillion dollars. I don't know. I mean, think about it. Yeah, yeah, they pay for that all up front. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, they have probably, God, how many subscribers must they have? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like almost million? every human in the yeah. world has a subscription. Like, if, I say, if someone tells me they don't have Netflix, I'm like, yeah, yeah but, but but at that at that point, how do they, if, if everyone you pay. That's why they have to raise the price. Like you said, like, once everyone has the subscription, they can't make more money. So they have to raise the prices. That's the only way. Yeah. Or they've hit. They've already hit their max. Like but they're making money every month. Like these people yeah. are paying every single month. Yeah. So they're getting. Yeah. You know, hundreds of millions of dollars a month just in subscription. Yeah. So they have the money to shell out twenty million dollars for a series. Yeah, I guess you know? that's right. I guess that's right. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's, I can't comprehend how much money they have. Yeah, it's just mind-boggling. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the original movies, the original series, the originals, like. Yeah, uh, but they're they're doing it great. And we got a we got an Indiegogo now for our se- uh, for a sequel to a, one of our movies, and we can't even get like five grand. It's just like, yeah, it's, it's like five thousand dollars. It's a tough industry. It's, it's a tough industry. It's awful. It is. Did you crowdfund it all, or did you have an investor put all the money? Up? We did crowdfund. Um, we crowdfunded for a, the stylist short mm-hmm. and the feature. Um, because forever we were. <laughs> trying to send it out, trying to get money the Hollywood way for the fucking movie, and that just got so frustrating. Yeah, so after a couple of years, we were like, we're just going to make this movie. We're going to start with a Kickstarter, but that's just like a portion of our budget, and then the rest is investors, um, like just chunks at a time. We're like, we need another chunk. We, we're going to need this to finish this, and that's really how we, we pieced it all together. But we did do a big Kickstarter for it, which was a now, huge did, fucking job no, to no, add no, on top no, of the, of the film. Absolutely. <laughs> you got to non-stop promote it, like non-stop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's discouraging. Like yesterday, you know, my partner, Sean, we, we promoted it literally from like 7 a.m. to like 6 p.m. yesterday, and we didn't get one donation. <laughs> it's just like, ah. Yeah. It's so frustrating. And it seems like with the crowdfunding, like the first week you crank, 
and then like the middle of two weeks, you hardly get any money. And then yeah. like, the last week, it's that last week. Money. The yeah. first week and the last week in the middle is horrifying because yeah, you're yeah. like, I don't know if we're gonna even get close. Yeah, we're like talking. We're just like, I don't think we're gonna hit it. Like we're trying yeah. to get ten thousand, and I don't think we're gonna hit it. Well, and we got gotta think positive. Rose. We got Felissa Rose from Sleepaway Camp gonna be in it. And yeah, you gotta think positive, and it is all about the end. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you just gotta, you know, keep doing shows like this and keep promoting yeah, we do it. This every time we do a crowdfund, it's like the yeah. first week we're like, wow, we're doing really good, and then. Oh yeah. It just falls off the yeah. cliff the second week. <laughs> and you're just like, oh my god, I don't think we're gonna make it. Oh man. And then you'll get like two, three grand the last three days, and you're just like, yeah. Yeah, because it's all about that like deadline and the, and the pressure. You got to read about the, how this works psychologically. <laughs> Everyone does it at the very end to see like, are they gonna make it? We've got to help them. They're like, it's almost over. Right. Oh man, it's it, like I said, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Oh, man. So, did you want to shout out the stylist a little bit more before we go? Hell, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yes, please go watch the movie. You can check it out on VOD or streaming on Arrow's platform, which is awesome because it's full of all kinds of crap. I feel like it's like $5 a month, or do they still have a whole month that's for free? Um, and they have got new exciting things coming this fall I can't tell you guys about. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> and uh, you should also get our score on vinyl, from, which you can also order from Mondo or Burning Witches Records. Fantastic, fantastic. Very cool. Thank you for joining us this morning, Joe Garbizian. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming on, Joe. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining. Have a wonderful Thank day. Thank you for joining Killer Collab Podcast. As always, my name is Tony Depp from Florida, Tony D, and Chris Leto from Reaper Film.